Good evening and welcome to Liberty Hall. Please put your hands together and raise your voice for the host of the biggest podcast in the country. This is Talking Bollocks Live with Terence Power and Calvin O'Brien! I want you to take your broom and sweep my yard. You better brush it good or we go fall apart. Don't give me no shocker thing. Liberty Hall on your feet, on your feet. Fucking hell. Whoa. What's happening? How are you, so good? <laughs> the dog, that fella, how are you? <laughs> this is some crack, isn't it? Fuck me, we're robbing the living out. Yeah. <laughs> you was the soul of this place, hell, yeah? Neither of us tell jokes, neither of us have a note in the head, and he's had it selling this place, hell. Where's yeah, Jimmy Gavin Power? Look at the Gavin Power, fella. Put your hands together. I tell you one thing, Terence. Where's Jimmy? I can't see a thing up here. That's mad. <laughs> Where is he? Look at him. <laughs> you definitely know you don't need to be guarded at the green hair anyways. Fucking hell. hell. <laughs> Can we have a big cheer for anyone not from Dublin? <laughs> right, boys, get them, yeah? Get them. <laughs> get rid of them. Yeah. What's happening? You thought you were nervous doing that podcast? <laughs> Fuck me, I'm wax. Right, I'm going to ask you a big question, yeah? Now, I expect the answer to be no, but I'd be disappointed if it's no. Who bunked in? Get them. Right, them there, yeah. Get rid of all. Fucking hell. Oh, look at this. <laughs> I'm getting copy over there. Fuck. Who's that flirting? <laughs> <laughs> the mall's gonna have to this love, yeah? <laughs> what? Right. what about Take the suits? Down, yeah? What about the. Th- <laughs> if you zoom in close enough, it says the hip knocker. Fuck <laughs> 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 oh, me. Right, we break it down, yeah? So we have three guests on. So we're gonna have two guests and an intermission, then another guest, and then there'll be a section at the end for a QA. So if there's any questions, say them to the end, yeah? Right, get the show on the road. Fresh, get the show on right, the road. Right, let's rock. <laughs> my slacks are nearly at the bosom. <laughs> show me help on me. You need planning permission to get that help into them slacks. <laughs> right, now, honestly, thanks all you for coming out, like, you know what I mean? It's going to be in anywhere in the world tonight, but you're here with us, and we do appreciate it, so thanks very much. And I'm not being real to everyone in the corner there, just the way they have me see it, yeah. <laughs> All up there, you have the best scene in the house up there. Oh, yeah, anyone here, put an egg from this scene, that's a fact. 
Right, Harry. You all right? Harry, got the house lights on there, what's the crack? Brian, what's happening here, mate? This is the way it is, yeah? We need a pair of Ray-Bans with you. Fuck me. Some Peter Pants ain't no pair. Like Benadorm up there. Oh, no, I'm sure. Don't even mention Benadorm, you know? Oh, fuck's sake. Right. Don't try to give me stage fright. Oh, stop. Right, here we go. Yeah. This is how professional we are, by the way, yeah? Yeah, like, we don't know what to be saying, we don't know what to be doing. Like, I don't even know how he's all got out here. Like, what is that, you know what I mean? Honestly, though, like, what are we doing? He was actually paid a score for this, like... It was mad seeing us on blading posters and all. It's like we were missing, you know what I mean? I went missing before, bro. I'm not joking. Hell. What you mean? Not in Benidorm, not in Benidorm. This is a real story. Come on. well tell it. Oh, fuck. I'll cut a long story short. I'll cut a long story short. Yeah, I went out one night, one Friday night. My phone went dead. Things got out of hand. I went home, charged the phone, realised it was Monday. So... This is a real story, I'm not messing. So I went on, turned the phone on, the thing nearly blew up in my hand. I says, what the fuck is going on here? I thought someone was brown bread, you know? Well, don't we? Some page called Missing Persons Ireland had me up. <laughs> Not a joke. Cardline, do you remember that? True story. Oh, he says, what the fuck is going on here? Thousands of messages, players come home, all this carry on. <laughs> oh, he says, I was in the mall, and his mad cunts on fresh. True story. <laughs> it's a true story. You went missing before as well. What? Oh. We allowed to tell this one? When the podcast was late? Ah, uh, bro. <laughs> Not this thing in him there. That's what you get for mentioning Ben Adon. Walk away. Tell fuck it. These are the boys. Will you give her off? <laughs> fuck them. So this was in the height of lockdown, yeah? So I'm walking from home the last two odd year or whatever it was. And uh, I ring one of the boys. Like, do you want to go for a walk? I'm in the gaff all day. So he says, yeah, grand. We do a lap around the block or whatever. So we're on the way home. I'm literally around the corner from my gaff and the guy that I stopped in the middle of the road and he went, here, come here. And I went, what? He goes, come here. I goes, I'm 27 years of age. I'm not walking over to you. Well, he goes, point. what's your name? What's your name? Blah, blah, blah. So he gave me a name, gave me a dress. And he goes, right, it says the same to me, mate. Yeah, grand. Next one, he takes out his notepad and starts writing it down and all. I was like, what are you doing here? He goes, I need to know your details in case you're outside your 5K. I was like, I live around the corner. I can see me gaff from here. And he goes, if you don't give me your address, I'm going to nick you. I goes, right off you go. And I put my hands out, and he puts the handcuffs on me. I was sick. <laughs> Bollocks. Right. It's a true story as well. So I end up getting nicked. Yeah, they ring the guard of Andy down and collect me. I'm up in the joy. So I'm sitting there in the Mount Joy, and they're processing me and putting me through or whatever. And he's like, what's your name? Blah, blah, blah. So the copper who's nicking me, thinking I'm outside me 5K for the, the healthcare act or whatever, standing beside me. And the other cop was signing me out, so he was like, what's your name? I was like, Calvin. So when I tell him my details, he's writing them down as well. And I was like, what's going on here? So I was like, O'Brien. And I was like, oh, B, oh. And your man's like, you're taking the piss? I was like, no, wait, but this fella to catch up with you, like. <laughs> so when, when he gets me details, he goes outside then, he goes, can I get a warrant check for a Calvin O'Brien? And I was like, you're bleeding snaky bastard, you like, you know what I mean? Nicking me on the healthcare act or whatever. So, uh, 
Yeah, man, he was bumping me through. I goes, I like your runners. I goes, do you? I don't, I'm, I'm surprised by that. And he goes, why? I goes, Colchies don't have a fashion sense. <laughs> and he goes, I'm a Colchie. I goes, yeah, you're a bugger. I goes, I guarantee you can't get deliveries to your gaff. And he goes, I'm not a Colchie. I'm from the town. I goes, mate, listen, you're a Colchie. Yeah, they fucked me out of the joy. They came out of here. But the best thing about it was, when you rang me, and I goes, I oh, want to see what's had to happening to me. What did you say? You got nicked. He knew. I don't know how. I knew it. I've no convictions or anything, and he just yeah. knew I was nicked. Card Lloyd Power was sitting like that, said to us straight away, so he's had to get nicked. Yeah, so he was nicked. The podcast was never late. I said, the only reason why that be late is if he's dead or he's nicked, but he rang me. Mm. So I knew he got nicked. It's a true story. Keeper Crosby's episode was up an hour late. I'm back in the gaff fuming trying to upload it and all. Two true stories. Tell you now. Uh, we have to just do a bit of housekeeping, yeah, so you heard what your man said about the fire exits and all. Bear in mind, your nearest one might be behind you, you know, you're on a plane, like, you know what I mean? So, I was also in a plane crash. <laughs> when? When you were a kid, like? <laughs> Last week. Sean Gannon, where's Sean Gannon's here now? Put your hand up. 30 years now, we were in a plane crash last Wednesday. <laughs> what do you mean? I'm, I'm not joking. Does it count as a plane crash if he drops you 50 feet out of the sky? <laughs> Fuck me, man. Choke slammed onto the runway. It was bad. I was winded. A little kid in front of me hopped off the ceiling. <laughs> I relapsed because I fell through Jack Daniels in my mouth. Was it Ryanair? <laughs> Ryanair. <laughs> True story again, yeah. but. Same thing happened to us. Same thing happened to us. We were uh, flying home at the Newcastle, yeah? Ryan O'Brien in the Bolter. front there. We were landing, but it was very foggy out, so you didn't know when you were going to hit the runway. And Ryan was at the window looking at me, and we bounced off the ground, and he bounced his head off the window, and he was fuming. And Noel Quinn is sitting in front of him, and there he was, me fucking head, I'll fucking slap! And Noel Quinn's like that in front of him. What the fuck <laughs> is going on here? I'm telling you. Oh, so that's what we're dealing with anyways. Yeah. Uh, right, someone's getting called out. Natalie Farrell. Oh, good luck, me nerves. Where is she? Natalie Farrell. Farrell. Don't be shy, love. A <laughs> fella has probably heard he lumped the head off. <laughs> <laughs> She's very quiet, and anyway, she won a competition, yeah. The secret award was tentative, and she sent in the goal out. She won two tickets, so I don't know why she's very quiet. For. She's not even here. No show. Block her. Can you believe that, Doc? She sold him, did she? No, she's right. <laughs> I couldn't blame her to be honest with you but do you want to tell us sorry why the secret award was tentative no <laughs> I don't the wrecks me head I still haven't slept it's been about six months so just before Christmas right Darren Clary who's there but you so I was booking guests for us right so he's booking two guests I won't tell you who one of them was but I'll tell you who the other one was it was Tommy Turning and he reached out to Tommy Turning and he got on to him but he sent the email and he says hi Mr Tommy Harrington right <laughs> So I'll let you guess who the other guest was there, right? I won't tell you who the first name was. And he replied back and he was like, my name is Tommy Turning. And he goes, oh, sorry, would you be interested in coming on to the lad's podcast? And he goes, I tentatively agree. But Turning's never heard the word tentative in his life. No, shall we, no, that. <laughs> shall we say, Tommy Turning's chalked in for the 13th of December. And I says, lovely. So I got to the 11th of December. <laughs> and I says, Tommy, on Monday, yeah? He says, he said tentatively, I haven't heard from him since. I said, what the fuck is tentatively? <laughs> What's tentatively mean? And he's standing there trying to explain to me what tentatively means. I said, I'll bounce something off your head. 
So that's why the secret word was tentative anyways. It's the longest word Terence has ever heard of in his life. Oh, gives me anxiety thinking about it. Betty Woods, you little smelty, how are you? You are, Betty! Love you at the bits I do, you legend, yeah. <laughs> That's me, Auntie Betty. She lured me, the twins, and fucking everyone else in the family. <laughs> She's a black belt at making cuddles, that woman. <laughs> Don't slag whole cuddle again, I mean it. I lump the head off you. Roy! We do a few singles, will we? Don't for it! Good luck. Blink, blink, them slacks in there. Roy, so how we're gonna do it, yeah? So stand up for yes, sit down for no, or whatever, yeah? Ah, oh, Vanessa, I didn't even copy you there. What's happening? <laughs> oh, stop. Kick us off, Terry, go on. What, are we doing singles, yeah? Yeah, kick us off, go on. Right, well, I want us to stand up and sit down for the yeah? end, not just hands up and all, right? So, just call it the pictures or the cinema. Stand up for the pictures. So is you. Give me a look. Hey, Floyd, give us the house, lights, will you, bro? No? Yeah, <laughs> hey, knock them lights off. Will you have of these cunts epoxy looking? <laughs> That's about what? A 60-40? Ah, isn't it? A 60-40 bit? Uh, no, it's not. Oh, 80, 20, 20 bro. You can't count. Right, take a seat, take a seat, relax. Just right. get back up in a minute. So stand up. Stand up if you're pissing the shower. Lawyer, yeah. lawyer, 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 I had to drop and a half ounce up to him there. Look at him. <laughs> but, yeah, leave it with you. We know what you like. Right, come here. What's the other one? House coat or dressing gown? Is it a house coat or a dressing gown? Stand up for house coat. Fifty-fifty. Fifty-fifty. 50-50. Hey. you call her the house coat, you lawyer, yeah? I know the younger on me, like, he's acting posh in front of people and all. He was the younger I got nicked with. <laughs> oh, Gav, what were you saying there? Don't be sure. Yeah, she's right, it's a Gav coat. Gav jacket, Gav jacket. It's a Gav jacket. It's mad, isn't it? I still can't believe this. What the fuck is going on? Yeah, now honestly, you still know the stress that went into planning this. Air nerves are gone all week, yeah? Oh, said, week? This is like yeah, planning you had a to push me out here. It's like, honestly, it's like planning a wedding and someone said, you don't have to keep your mother-in-law happy. But my mother-in-law is here, and what's the story? Yeah! I told her I was going to give her a shout-out and she said I wouldn't. Little cracker. 
I'm always flirting with Angie. You want to have a bar with me? Look me in the shoe, and no? The malls are laughing at this, yeah? <laughs> the malls don't want to start paying me, actually. But come here, we've one more singer, did we? The big one. Right, probably oh, the biggest singer we've ever had, and we said it today, and even the crew here were getting smart was about it. Pats or curbs, yeah? Do I stand up or pats? Right, you get the first guest out, yeah? You're sitting there only standing up. I don't know whether I'm coming or going, mate. The singers are over, like, you know what I mean? I blame, forgot about it. Yeah, who's the guest? Right, the first guest is a fan favourite. He's been on the podcast before. He's, I think you might have an idea who it is. Can we put his hands together? Give a big talking bollocks welcome back to Huey Martin. Mike, you're on the key as your head case. <laughs> what did you just say? <laughs> your body one! Yeah! I was just kept... saying to myself backstage, why were you playing my balls without me? Oh. <laughs> yeah, well, you don't start flirting now. That's my mean face. Hello, Ryan. Waking up on wash. Hello. I just punched the head of him in the boxing club years ago. <laughs> Fucking faggot used to beat the shit out of you. <laughs> <laughs> you can only give him a lap down, Chewie. <laughs> 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 Chewie, whenever you're ready. That's because you can tell me that. <laughs> you better believe it. Right, Chewie, how's things? <laughs> oh, good, that was a bit bloody exciting. Yeah. What? Matt of Brett, I need to get to the fucking gym, don't I? I'm running over there, my heart is fucking... You're even off the stage. I know, Jesus Christ. Because you're flat out on every bleeding reality TV show on the telly, bro. No, you think I was flat out in the coke, my heart is beating that much. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Everyone in the audience go, shut up, you will you? They're all panicking. You've got half a fucking Sheriff Street here, it's not surprising. <laughs> hey, now, less of that. Come here, so how's things been since the last podcast? What number was it when we had them on, Terrence? So, <laughs> number 30. It was, yeah. Number 40, 30. yeah. Who said 32? Fake fan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it was 32. No, it was 40? 30, for sure it was 30. 40, yeah. Yeah, 30, 30. So I've got a new bum since then. I've got new teeth. I've got new hair. I've got a new... I've got new teeth. Right, you're still the same. I've got you new hair. Um, and that's about it, really. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, that's yeah. all you've done since the last podcast? No, yeah. I've done a lot of other stuff. I went away and I've done a TV show in America. Well, actually, we filmed it in Croatia, but it was for American MTV. Um, and yeah, I just really had surgery and that was it, really. You're on live there. You're on living with Lucy as well. Oh shit, yeah, I forgot I'd done that. And then I'd done another dating show and I'd done first dates. Sorry, I forgot what those two. You were on four stage three points. You brag. can't call it four dates anymore. It's like fourth or fifth date now. That was my second time, you liar. That was my, it was my first date with that person. And how'd you go on? It was a nice fellow, but it wasn't for me, basically. How many times has this had to happen in here? That happens all the time. That happens all the time. 
it never works out. It just never works out well for me. So you're going to stop. I should probably date you, maybe, really, Terence. Okay. I think so. Do you not think so? I'm in there. Yeah. <laughs> Don't know what to say. I'm a bit desperate now, so I'm thinking the ginger is fine. Like. <laughs> Hang on for a minute. <laughs> You want to call him out over uh, Jenny's episode, the question well, he never... do, actually. What do you want to call him? And you listen to the episode of Jenny Hill. He's doing a video. The Sex Education. The episode, yeah? Yeah. Why did you make me ask that question, Yui? Which question? How to take double penetration up the arse. <laughs> because I wanted... I was secretly doing it so Calvin knew what to do. By the way, can I say something? Isn't it weird that Calvin's from Dublin and he's called Calvin? Do I think oh. that's a bit strange? Oh, I think it's yeah, really yeah. weird. It should be called Sean, Connor, yeah, we. Ryan. Can I ask you, why is he called Calvin? <laughs> What's that got to do with you? Vanessa. Come here, listen. Oh, she's right. My name is on me jocks. There you go. Oh, it's not your name, no, it's someone else. Valid point. Fucking Calvin. I'll have a look yeah. at them later, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Come here, Yui. It'd be the biggest mistake you ever made, mate. <laughs> Smallest mistake you made. Wheel George. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, Brian. <laughs> Heavy L on my own podcast. Before it's live show, I'm never doing another one. You. Right, so why, what do you want to know about double penetration? We don't want to know yeah, anything about it. We don't want to know. That's the problem. You I, just, I, I don't know. I wanted to learn how to do it. I wanted to get double penetration. Like so what? No, there's no harm in it. I've already took Ryan on his own. I want to get his mate as well. Yeah. What's wrong with that? What's the story with you running the muck lately on social media? You're calling everybody out. Yeah, I'm just getting really united. I feel like sometimes men actually have a period, but nobody talks about it. I think that's what it is. Yeah. Do you know what? Well, They're constantly banging on about like gender inequality. Like nobody gives us excuses like women have all the time. This is the problem. So. I don't know. Oh, she, she get offended. Jesus Christ. Honest to God. No, the door's over yeah, there. That poor fella said that happened enough. Like, <laughs> right. I don't know. There's people that annoy me on social media, so I feel the need to just tell them they're all cunts, really. Listen. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, Grant. Come what here. What do we even say? Have you got any more shows lined up, Yui? No, not right now. Last night it was on first dates. Yeah. Um, I feel like I do kind of need to take a bit of a step back from it because I'm going to be very honest with you. Oh, did want to grow up? I think up. people are kind of sick and fuck you, <laughs> fuck you. I think Sorry. people get a bit sick and tired of looking at you sometimes. There's only so much you can do. I'd rather kind of maybe wait a little while and then see what I can do afterwards. What's available to me? Like I don't want to just do anything just to be on TV. I'd rather do something that I'm having a good time and doing or I feel passionate. What's about the, what's your favourite show you've ever done, sir? The funniest thing I've ever filmed was probably Podge and Raj. Well, I asked him, could he turn a bum me on the table? Stop you there, you, yeah, you're supposed to say Talking Bollocks. Yeah, but that's yeah. not a show. That's a podcast. My Absolutely favourite podcast brother. is Talking Bollocks. Yeah, yeah she'll be that. But my favourite show, probably Big Brother. I don't know. Maybe, I don't know. Come here, you were on the late, late and all. You kept that quiet. Years ago, I was on that. It wasn't quiet. It was on live TV. How was that quiet? <laughs> Because we're like, what shows have you done? Oh, this American show no one's ever heard of in Croatia. Oh, and the Late Late as well. I was on the Late Late show. I'm sorry that you weren't. So stop taking it out of me. <laughs> no, no, yeah. 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 <laughs> Thanks for that. Come here. Uh, Melissa. <laughs> you can all hear you. Trust me. You don't need a mic. <laughs> you were on OnlyFans for a while. I'm still oh! on OnlyFans. I love how you know that. 
Hold on, I love how Calvin knows. Oh, subscribe. Late, late show, live TV is secretive, but he knows what's on a subscription base. I follow you on Instagram, I've bro. Got... You have your hoop out more than most boards. <laughs> you do. Would you not if it looked like mine? <laughs> oh, darling. So, OnlyFans, is it going well for you, really? Mm-hmm. Do you know what? I actually feel like, I don't understand why there's a stigma with people showing their bodies or making money from that. It's like, if you have a problem, fuck off, because you're ugly. But, like, if I can make money from something, why is that bothering people? No, yeah. it's not. If yeah, my right. mum was getting her fanny out in OnlyFans, I wouldn't be upset. I wouldn't have. Yeah, we, That's I've... what Calvin says all the time. What does he say to you? I don't know, he just tells me to get it all out and stuff. Yeah. Come here, I do the helicopter for a tenner a What's month. What's going oh, on here? You couldn't do a helicopter, yours is not enough. No, it is. <laughs> It is. <laughs> Look at Amy over there, God, oh, it is. <laughs> now, but come here, so you're taking a break from the reality telly, is that what you're saying? Didn't say I was taking a break, it's just like, it does nothing for me. <laughs> <laughs> so you're taking a break, but not by, not by choice. Not by choice. I've been forced, fuck off, you wee. <laughs> <laughs> That's what Deco used to say to me in the showers years ago. Get out! Yui, <laughs> <laughs> you are the maddest person in the no, world. No, Yui, we were, we were saying it backstage, right? So, Yui's backstage since about two o'clock. We couldn't get rid of him. We no, 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 hold on. Actually, if we're going there, if we're going there, I need to say something. I was told, come here for half four, properly sacked off helping my dad with something. It, it looked like he was about to take a heart attack. He's doing that much work. <laughs> Right, sacked it off. Just a dress. Well, they didn't say dress rehearsal because they're not that educated to use them words. But they said we have to come on, check the mics and all that. Do you know what I mean? You came along. They weren't even here. They weren't even here. So Huey's been here since half four on the button, wolfing down his food a lot. And they are boring years off everyone you're at. Won't be able to get bummed for weeks. Been eating just wolfing the fucking food down, and you weren't even here, Terence. You, you said you had a bottle of champagne as well. We did, yeah, a bottle of no seco we had, yeah. Good man. No, we did, that's what it's called, no seco, non-alcoholic prosecco. It is childish. Well, come here. Now, Yui. My sister got really drunk on non-alcoholic champagne once. Listen to this story. On my mum's life, this is the truth, right? My mum and dad's wedding anniversary was like, well, obviously, they have one every year. <laughs> it was in November, but this was like not the one going by the one before. So my dad can't read or write because like most travellers he didn't go to school and genuinely and he bought non-alcoholic champagne but she drank it all, we didn't realise it was non-alcoholic. She got so drunk she had to go home early, was really sick the next day and then we were cleaning up non-alcoholic champagne. It was non-alcoholic champagne. So, that, so clearly that can get you drunk. <laughs> right, that was a good story, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, you're at the tag in the tail voice back. I don't know what to be saying. Yeah, I can't even look into yours. No, but you eat. <laughs> Have you, look where do you ever think about getting into something more serious? Do you know what I mean? Because you're a good advocate for, like, Ballymun, the gay community, the travelling community, you know what I mean? Like, we were saying at backstage, if there's anybody that should have a, a chip on their shoulder, it's you, because you're one of the most prejudiced, like, targets that could be. Look, I have a chip on my shoulder, maybe I'm town, and I hate the way people treat us. Yeah. Like, you literally have a bullseye on yourself, and you couldn't give a bollocks me. It's actually a bit admirable, in fairness. I don't give a fuck about people. I don't care about people. 
I think that probably because my whole entire life I grew up having to care so much people think like I always laugh and joke and I can make jokes about anything like about being gay or being a traveller or whatever and that's really important because I feel like if you go to a comedy show nobody should be off limits because if there's real inequality in the world like real equality in the world well then everyone should be able to have the piss take now them um but I think because I grew up my whole life having to care so much about... I love how serious we've got all of a sudden. <laughs> this always happens. Don't even sobbing now in the middle of watch. It's like 6 a.m. at an after party. Like, it just goes weird. No, better I'm oh, I love you, brow, I swear. Yeah, right. since we were in school, I always loved you. Right. Another that belt there. And he didn't. <laughs> and, and they're making, like, business plans together that never works out. <laughs> Block each other's numbers next day. But, um... Probably because I grew up my whole life having to care so much about what people think. I genuinely, I can't help how I feel. I don't give a fuck what people, what people think. No, they don't have <laughs> Goodbye, Ryan. Ryan's had enough. Ryan, use the back door. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, stop. <laughs> uh, no, I'm not arsed. I just think that you should always be yourself and... Just try to have fun, and no matter where people comes from, you should just always be yourself and live your life where you want to live out. Do you know mm. what I mean? Mm. That was great. Uh, so I actually watched her episode of Living With Lucy, yeah? And she had a one-to-one with your dad. Yeah. Yeah, how's things between your dad now? We have a really great relationship now, but I think we had a really tumultuous relationship when I was like from 19 till I was 21. And then it came out and went on Big Brother because I do everything by halves, obviously. <laughs> not dramatic at all. And before that, we literally didn't speak for two years. I like, did not speak for two years. And I lived at home. That's quite hard when you like, grow up in a caravan. It's quite small. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the best of times is a tight fitting. <laughs> but we didn't speak. But now we've got a great relationship. But I do think like, you've got to understand, this is why I hate cancel culture and stuff like that, is because there really is a thing where people can be really ignorant but not understand why, because that's just how they grew up. Which is why, like, to use this as a silly example, but like, I don't eat meat, for example, right? And I don't understand why people who eat meat are so pissed off. I do love meat. I love meat, Terence. They are not, no. But I don't not. understand why people are so pissed off about something like people eating dogs in China because that's what they grew up eating that. That's normal to them and it might not be normal to you. So what's normal to people? I love how he's laughing. What's normal to people is what's normal to them. Them yeah. cuts are so, eating bats and all you eat. It's a difference. Yeah, but there's not a fucking difference. You've seen her to slaughter pigs. There's a fucking pandemic for two years over eating bats. <laughs> It was because of you now, shut up. Um, but seriously, what's normal to you is what's normal to you. So I just think because of how my dad was raised up, and he grew up in a very different Ireland, not just travellers, he just understood life the way he understood it. And then when it kind of came to his doorstep to understand better, he has. So I don't hold a grudge about anything, but we, had a really, we did have a very tumultuous relationship. But before that, when I was a kid and teenager, he was so supportive and stuff to me. I don't know, maybe he just didn't know how to understand things or deal with it, I don't know. Mm. <laughs> Ryan is He's back. never getting back up again. <laughs> but uh, so things are things are good. You kind of yeah, like you, yeah. you've had it out, but like that's. But we've never had a proper conversation. Like I've only ever heard him speaking about stuff when I've watched things back or whatever, because he doesn't really know how to express emotions or speak. And but again, that's how he was reared up. If that's you understand, you were. You were. Yeah, that's completely yeah. different than nowadays. Yeah. So I, I get it. I understand. 
No, but you're right. So if somebody does come at you, but let's, for example, someone comes at you with a homophobic slow, like, you don't go back at them and be like, oh, cancel, cancel. You're just like, you'd rather educate them. Rather educate them, but what are they telling me? You're gay, or you do this, you do that, it's true. <laughs> you take double penetration. Yeah, Huey. Like, even when it gets really <laughs> derogatory, I'm not offended by what they're saying, because you're just talking about gay sex, whatever, and I love doing that, so it's fine. <laughs> so, like, that's fine, but... It's, the only reason why sometimes I respond is because of others. Like, for example, last year, I was, um, I was literally minding my own business. I was outside, I was walking, wherever I was, and a load of, there happened to be traveler kids, like about 15 or whatever, all started hurling a load of abuse and glass bottles and stones and rocks and whatever to me. The only reason why I posted, I started videoing them, because they were doing it for like 25 minutes following me, but the only reason why I started weirdos, <laughs> but the only reason why I started videoing them was so that I could post it in the local like, community page and see who they were, because in case it didn't to anybody else. I didn't do it because I'm looking for somebody to have sympathy towards me, because I, I not asked about them. It didn't upset me, and it doesn't physically scare me either. Um, but I suppose it's more to do with other people is the reason why I respond, because of how like, they may feel. They may not be confident, or they may, they're bothered. Like, I remember being 18, if somebody had asked me, asked me was I gay, that's like asking me was I a sex offender, that's how, how bad I found it, like that's how I felt inside, that it was such a bad, bad thing, but like somebody accusing you of something like that, that's how bad I took it, but now it's like I don't even think, like if I think the top 50 things about myself, being gay is not even in that, that's just something, like I don't even think about it. You mean but uh, come here now, you want to put that blade in every day and someone else is at the getting cancelled, you know what I mean? Like it's, yeah. it's stupid because you don't learn anything from that. You know well, I get I mean? it left, right and centre at the minute because in America they have a lot more conversations than we do in Ireland. So when I wore all that fake tan and dancing with the stars, which I think is hilarious, people are saying I was making fun of black people. So that, they try to carry that through and try to make that affect your life. Do you understand what I mean? Yeah. Whereas I don't have the patience to be more like strategic with how I respond. I just, I just call them loads of names. Valid <laughs> point. Or I just don't at all. I just, I just ignore them. I don't know. Whatever. So you, you have a lot of learning to do as well, yeah? Maybe, but I don't see why you need to learn not to call somebody a cunt if they're a cunt. Valid point. I agree. No, like, valid point. Do you know the whole bigger person thing? I, that doesn't wash with me. Can we stop saying that? Just give me a hook, you. Do you know like when people says, oh, you were so dignified. Why? Because you sat, sat silent when somebody gave you a hurl of abuse. No, knocked him out. That's what I'd say. <laughs> right, there we are. That's right, why Yui. I went to Corinthians. <laughs> right. We wrap this up. Yeah. <laughs> Moving on swiftly. <laughs> Before Yui gets us cancelled. <laughs> Right, we'll bring the next, next guest on. How are you getting on there? Up, yeah. Can I have some more, please? The mouth is stuck There's together. There's a bottle of water beside you there, yeah. <laughs> but seeing that hours ago, I would have talked more. Jesus Christ, Calvin. How, how unhospitable to not say there's water here. Don't be using them type of words or those, will you know? Unhospitable. You in the bleeding green room backstage, googling big words to say and all. I'm from Ballymun, pal. It's the same as Well, anyway. <laughs> Moving on. We'll bring on the next guest. 
So the next guest is another fan favourite. She, it's a woman, obviously. <laughs> She's one of the most influential women we've ever had on the podcast. Can you all give another warm welcome, please, to Senator Lim Rowan. Can we actually oh, give a shout out to Dippy for suiting and building us as well? Yeah, we only decided last minute to get suits. Lynn, what's up? Oh my god, I feel like I'm the serious one now that's come on after oh, no, like, yeah. we crack. A, a bit of diversity. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the teachers had to come on back into the classroom now. You know what I mean? <laughs> How's things? Good, all oh, good. How have you been since the last podcast? Um, I suppose, I mean, how long was it going? A few months now. How long yeah. ago was that? What episode was that? What episode was Lynn? <laughs> Whoever gets a, really gets a free t-shirt. 44, 44, 25. 44 <laughs> We go 34, yeah, we call it down the middle there. 44, we'll say. 43 sounds right, though. <laughs> <laughs> Someone yeah, spent no. for a t-shirt up there, googling it out. <laughs> I'm your screensaver, haven't I? <laughs> 41. Right, yeah, we're too late anyway. Sure, I remember. <laughs> right, so Lynn, how's things been since then? Yeah, all good. Still walking away, trying to be pretending to be a politician. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I suppose since we last talked, I suppose a lot of my work has been very much focused on drugs, having a conversation about drugs, drug use. I've loads. I do, meet me backstage, yeah? <laughs> One of bags only. Cash only as well. Cash no kick, no kick. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, yeah, right. tell us a bit about that, Lynn. You've, yeah. I've seen some of your speeches you've been given online. If anyone doesn't yeah. follow Lynn, go on and look at her speeches. They are unbelievable. Yeah, but the worst part about it is, it's the people who she's delivering the speeches to, like they genuinely couldn't give a bollocks, and it's all disheartening to watch. We are fighting the good fight, Lynn. Yeah, I'm trying. I mean, it's hard when you're in there because you think you're making, like, real valid sense, right? And I, Aon O'Reardon, who used to be a minister for drugs, said in an article last week that if it was cattle the response would be different. And that really struck me, because I'm like going, I'm in there talking about the fact that in our communities, maybe one person a day, actually, statistically, one person a day will die of an overdose. And I'm telling them that, and I'm saying we need to have a conversation about how we work with people on drugs, how we provide services, and then they vote against every single amendment you bring to actually not even change the law, because obviously I want to like decriminalise, legalise, have all those conversations, but they won't even introduce, like, a conversation on it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> what's the reason behind not looking at it? I think it doesn't affect their lives in the same way. Like, I mean, if you're from a community like Gers, you'd be arrested like a light walking down a road because you're over-policed, you know? There's police constantly watching you, engaging with you. But if you're from other communities, you're, you're less likely to have to encounter... You're still using drugs, but you're less likely to have to encounter 
uh, the guards, you know, so it's just not as much of a problem for them, I think, in so terms of discriminating, basically, like, this is not on our doorstep. Would yeah, it's no it? secret, though. Yeah. yeah, I know, but, like, it's, it's, it's a hard pill to swallow when you see that happening, you know what I mean? It's not as if you're just coming in and saying, oh, make drugs legal. You're not, you're just looking to... What, what is it exactly that you're looking to change, Lynn? Well, there's lots of things, because obviously there's, like, drug use, it's a wide, it's a wide conversation, right? So you have the decriminalisation stuff, which means that you won't be arrested for being caught in possession, basically. Yeah. So, and what that does is then it protects people who are struggling with addiction, not ending up in the prison system for the pure fact that they have an addiction, you know, and they're caught yeah. in small possession. Yeah. Then there's other conversations around... There's lots of drugs that you can have in your home around if someone overdoses. And it's just, it's nasal or it's like, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a jab in the hip, like, you know, and it will bring someone back around out of an overdose. And then there's conversations around detox beds, aftercare beds. And then there's lots of other conversations we could be having if we dealt with that around, like, you know, the use of uh, mushrooms and psilocybin and ketamine and actually tr uh, treating trauma and stuff. But we can't even get to those conversations because we're so overpowered by... I suppose, the chaotic nature of drug use in, in poorer communities. Mm. So I kind of want to have a, a, a national conversation about how we begin to address those things. Yeah, but does society not dictate policy? So surely with the people changing, policy has to change then? I think if we vote... <laughs> I think we need to vote more, and it's because we're so disenfranchised, because nobody has ever really came true for, for us. We don't think, well, what's the point in fucking voting? They don't do anything for us anyway. They don't care about us. But the thing is, if you had, like there's 120,000 people living in Tallaght. Can you imagine if the portion of those that were able to vote could vote? They could literally swing the doll in, in a completely different direction. But it's been so long since anybody has actually given to us in a positive way that we just opt out, you know, we just yeah. go, fuck that, like, I'm not engaging in this. Yeah, and that's know? one of the conversations people always say is, I don't want to vote because I don't care about the government, no one in there sounds like me. Yeah. But you can make someone in there sound like you, you can put that person in there if you go out and vote. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? We're in the last general election there in 2020, I think my constituency, yeah, so Dublin and our city, uh, we had the lowest turnout in, in voters, like, mm. do you know what I mean? So. How, how the fuck are you supposed to expect to change if you're not even getting out to vote yourself, like? Mm. I never vote. There you go. <laughs> I Leave that the war, you we. I don't oh, understand that. I'm raging I voted for him on Big Brother now. <laughs> <laughs> well, you I would have liked, you're not voting, I'm not voting. <laughs> hold on, hold on. You couldn't have because the Republic of Ireland weren't allowed to vote. <laughs> joking. But no, I don't vote because I don't know. I don't know what to vote for. I'm the same, you. I don't know. No, steadily, seriously, like you're saying, if all of Taliban out and voted, but like then it's like, why don't people vote? And I know the stereotypes. I get it. Like I'm a traveller. I'm from Ballymun. I'm gay. I'm all of these things. Right? Yes, you are. I might as well have been ginger as well. Does it sound? Does if I was ugly too, God, I'm joking. Um, no, but seriously, I get that whole like stereotype and stuff because obviously that's been my whole life. But I don't like. I just feel like when I look at things from a broad spectrum when it comes to people in power, no matter who gets in, people still complain about them. So it's like I don't well, even know well, if I want to involve myself. Well, you now. can't say that because it's only ever been Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael for hundred years. No, but in life in general, <laughs> so we never actually had another option. <laughs> There was never. 
Do you know what I mean? It's but in like, general, around yeah. the world. Hang on. Around the world. Yui, you picked the wrong woman to pick an argument with, no, honestly. I'm not yes, you did. Yeah, I said I'm it backstage, Lynn, you scared a bollock down there. <laughs> I, think, I think everything she does is fantastic, and I've watched loads of her um, conversations and all. It's just, I genuinely don't yeah. have a clue what I'm talking about because. Just when, throw a big word in there and tell I just don't get it. I don't, I promise. Do you actually think that. Say, for example, you're saying if a lot of people in Tallinn did vote and that did change things, would that change society? Genuinely, do you yeah, believe that? It would, that? because even if they voted for the parties that are already in, right, the parties that are already in go, oh, wait, so the whole of Tallinn is voting. We better change how we do things there because now they have power, power and they're using it. Yeah. So they're so wishy-washy that they'll fucking blow so, with the wind. Like, so, so like they'll change what they're doing based on the... The, the, the block of people. So are you saying that it's not even that the things they're doing is they're even believing or are passionate about, they're doing it because it's the popular thing to do. Yeah, and because of who themselves. votes for them. Business but then why people. are you in a role that's to serve people exactly. when they're well, not they're even career. doing what's right? Yeah, the, the question exactly. is exactly. Exactly. all the time for doing it. Yeah, doing it on all our videos. Saying what the yeah. fuck am I even doing? I know, like I mean, yeah. in the chamber last week, like I've never cried in the chamber. I cried my eyes out and I had to sit back down and I had to ask for a minute, like, do you know, and... Yeah. And they're just looking at you and they'll just move on to the other part of the conversation. And it's just that lack of reality. Do you know what I mean? It's like, you, you just don't understand. And I remember first going into politics and thinking to myself, oh God, I don't know about the history of politics in Ireland. I don't know about, you know, political science. And I just, and then I had to realise that actually... They don't, they, all they have is facts that they've read in a book. They've yeah. never actually worked a day in their lives outside of the political spectrum. With right? people, with, with people. people. You know? And, and what they're doing now is, so you'll see some politicians respond to me, right? And you would think, oh God, they're very compassionate actually. They really understand uh, what she's saying. But because raw power doesn't get them in alone anymore, because of social media, because they get, people are getting called out and you're getting held to account, I suppose, for your views, they've now manufactured compassion. Yeah. They've learned how to pretend to be compassionate yeah. without changing anything. Yeah. So they're learning the language of LGBT. They're learning uh, the language that won't insult the traveller community. They're learning the language that won't uh, insult the migrant community. And they're learning the language that won't insult working class community. Not because they care. They actually make us believe that they care without yeah. matching a single policy to that and still yeah. leaving people yeah. die in communities. Yeah. like. And we were chatting backstage about the lack of belief that people who have, like, oh, I don't know anything about politics, I'm not educated in that, and why would I run for that, why would I vote for that person? And your good friend, Eileen Flynn, yeah. she's the first traveller yeah. uh, senator. Yeah. Like, imagine if you had said that the whole 20 years ago, she never would have ran, mm. you know what I mean? You need to put this belief into people, like, no, you actually can change. And it's a like to yourself, Lynn, when people see that, they be like, she sounds like me, I actually know her, I see her on the street. I've been in our party with Holy, mm. do you know what I mean? I refuse to move out of Kilnarden. Like, I'm like, I'm not going anywhere because at the end of the day, it's like when you move into politics, politicians think you're trying to escape something, like you're trying to escape your own culture, your own identity, your own community. And I'm like, I feel much safer in the chaos of fucking talent than I do when I walk into that chamber. Do you know what I mean? Because you know what you get. When I talk to, when I talk to the, like... I mean, I'll talk in a minute about the podcast that I've just recorded in the prison. But when I'm in and I'm, and I'm talking to like lads on the street, I'm talking to people in the homeless sector, I'm talking to people that 
Some politicians are scared of, and I'm going, what, the f what are you actually scared of here? Because actually, the violence that politicians work into policies is much more violent than any violence I have ever, ever um, had to encounter from my own community. Mm. You know, and it's that structural violence piece that they get mm. away with so much. Yeah, no, definitely. And we have the power then to vote people in, to get more diversity, to get people in there that, that do sound like you. You know what I mean? And encourage people to get involved in politics. It's not that hard. It's not that scary. Keeper. <laughs> but it's not, though. You know what I mean? And I think you'll see the wheels are starting to turn. You know yeah. what I mean? We got a lot of people out the last time. Yeah. I think we can get more people out the next time. Yeah. We'll get 30 out, don't worry. Because then you end up feeling like somebody that represents here, you relate exactly. to. Exactly. That's really important. Because not a lot of people have confidence to be the first person to do things, do they? Mm. They're they kind of scared to stand out in front of people. Yeah. So yeah. I understand why that's important. Like, over the years, my accent somewhat neutralised, and as soon as I got elected, I was like, hell yes! <laughs> hell yeah, what's the story? <laughs> and it was just like, I'm like, I'm going to enter this space yeah. as stereotypical working class as anything, because you're going to have to face that, and you're not going to deny that history, like, do you know? I love... <laughs> we, we love the fact that you do that as well, because that's, that was our intentions when we got invited on to Ireland AM. So we're working this young now, and people are probably like, what the fuck, why aren't they in attraction? We only want attraction on purpose on Ireland AM. To prove a point, we're on national television, we're in tracksuits, and we're actually trying to do good out there, do you get me? Mm. And it's like, trying to show that, yeah, we're working class youngers, and we are doing all right, you know what I mean? Yeah. So that's, that, that was our intentions of going on to that. Mm. And that's like, you go into there, into the Shannon or whatever it's called, wearing a gee bag chain. Yeah. <laughs> Where's Where in the, the world was a gee bag? I went to gee bag. Did you not see the chain? <laughs> no. Oh, that's a second Dublin insult, a gee bag. What is that? Yeah. That's where it is. And she went in with a chain that said gee bag. Oh, I thought you meant a second item of clothing that's called a gee bag. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like in America, like they have a fanny pack. Like a crotch clutch. Yeah, like in America, they have a fanny pack. I thought the Dublin way of saying it's a gee bag. Yeah, well, you're a legend. Yeah. I'm not. Lynn, I'm, you actually I'm gave us, remember she gave us a shout-out in one of our speeches. Yeah. 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 As well, I remember thinking... And do you know what? I'm going to pull you up on something now, actually. Bollocks. Not in the live show, Lynn. They were backstage. So I didn't say the word bollocks in the chamber because I knew I would be stopped for unparliamentary language, right? Yeah. And you fucking as tricks the out of bleeding uh, Ticketmaster. Yeah, that wasn't us, Lynn. There you go. No, we caused murder over that. <laughs> you don't understand murder. how much backlash we get over the word bollocks. But why is bollocks it's madness. so offensive? Exactly, I don't get it. You can't I love tell. the word bollocks. They wouldn't say it on the telly, they won't say it on the radio and all. Like, Brendan O'Connor, did you tell Brendan O'Connor? Brendan O'Connor said it once, yeah. But yeah. he said it before the Angelus then. He's yeah. like, so now... <laughs> Oh, no, it's Terence and Calvin. You can't... And bollocks, I didn't even think bollocks was that offensive. And the Angelus. Lynn, you touched on the podcast, I know. Yeah. So, um, I mean, over the years, people have asked me, like, would I do a podcast? And I go on lots of podcasts. And I just, I spend my whole career talking and I felt like I can't, <laughs> I can't have another, another kind of thing in my day where I have to talk. And, and, but I wanted to do um, a limited series podcast. So it's about 10 episodes. Yeah. So it's called Conversations on the Margins and it's recorded from inside We Feel Prison. And it's with men who are in prison um, anything from like 10 plus years to much shorter sentences and we discuss everything from life and love and loss and uh, forgiveness, we discuss uh, restorative justice uh, we use all our own original music um, and it's very much for me why I wanted to go in there is that 
It's like people have to succeed and be amazing before people want to like have them on their podcast or, you know, you have to be this successful being in the world before someone wants to hear your story. So the podcast was really about taking the stories right to the hearts of where people are actually living the fucking scenarios that we then want to congratulate them on in 20 years because it's something that's in their history rather than something that's in there now. Mm. So, but it was brilliant. Like, and it's, um, you know, it's going to be launched on March 22nd, but I think what people will get will be pulled on a real journey with it. So there is hardship in there, but there's a lot of light and a lot of talent and a lot of music and there's a lot of laughter. And I think one thing that working class people are amazing for even in the depths of everything that we endure, we have this amazing humour that we resource ourselves with all the time. And it can be dark, it can be funny, it can be whatever. And that comes across in the podcast as well. And I think like over the two, year, uh, over the two years, say since COVID, a lot of them men wouldn't have even had access to it, even a two second hug from their child. You know, they might have had to choose but during the restrictions. If you had two children, you only got to choose which one of them that came up to visit you every now and again, or you might have a screen visit. And you can imagine what it's like for children or for families and for the person in prison to not even be able to touch their loved one. And that has to be part of rehabilitation as well. Mm. Because if you starve and deprive someone from the basic human need of the touch of their family, like that has a massive impact. Like there was a day where one of the lads, one of the lads got choked up in, in, on the podcast. And afterwards, I was like, the door was closed and the screws weren't like near where I was. And, and I was like, oh, come here, I'll give you a little, I'll give you a little hug on the QT. Like, sorry, it was in the room, giving him a little hug. And the next day, all the other lads that had been recorded on the podcast were queuing up outside. Hugs. I heard he got a hug after his podcast. <laughs> and I was like, oh, bollocks. <laughs> No, it, was just like, it was just me in a room in Can the I prison giving out walks <laughs> on the slot. <laughs> is, it, um, is it really hard to get access to like yeah. people in prison? Or yeah, no, the, the, the Irish Prison Service let me in. They trusted all the work that I do on prison, and re- prison reform. And they knew, I think, that I would keep the lads safe, you know, because I don't want to harm anyone in what I'm doing. So, yeah. Um, and you're walking with Goal Loud for that as well, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is yeah, this so silly, Loud. though, that... Isn't it, um... No, wait, that one. Let them do the shout-out. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, but... I, I find it interesting. Like, isn't it so stupid, though, like, just to put an opinion out there that, like, you put people in prison for 10 years, whatever, say whatever the crime is, and, like, then you lock them up like that, and then during the pandemic, they're, like, not allowed to see anyone, and then you expect them to come out into the civilised society and, be okay. and act yeah. normal. How stupid is that? 100%. Like, that's so, so silly. That's like sending me to the camp with a lot of gay fellas and expecting me to come home straight. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, it's stupid. How foolish. One of, one of the lads on the podcast said... But that's what you do with, with the whole sexuality reform thing. There's, like, these gay camps in America. Brady and they send all the gay fellas there. Inversion therapy. That, what, that them yeah, st- yeah. fucking... of other words from fucking Hitler places. But, listen... Or, um, but, no, seriously, I know it might sound like an insensitive comparison, but they really, really go through me. But, like, they send people down, expect them to come home straight. But, like, a fucking holiday. They're all together. <laughs> Like gay pride, I, oh, I would have loved lift. if my dad sent me there years ago. <laughs> I'd have come home in a tutu. <laughs> 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 Book him out. Anyways. 
Lynn, Back tell, us a, tell us a bit about some of the fellas that you are interviewing on your podcast. Yeah, like, you know, I think people have a perception that if you're in prison, that somehow, like, that you're not, uh, you know, you don't have all these other character traits and people are just pigeonholed, you know. And what you get to meet throughout the podcast is very uh, intelligent, articulate, creative, impressive men who at some stage in their lives were drastically failed, whether it been like institutionalization at a young age, the education system. You'll see young men that were like ridiculed for dyslexia in the education system, like in the 80s. And, you know, one, one man, uh, he said this quote, and I thought I summed it up perfectly. He said that the prison system was like putting dirty dishes in a broken dishwasher and expecting them to come out clean. And what he was picking up on there was that the communities in which they came from and the experiences on which they had was the thing that affected them. And then the broken dishwasher was the broken system of the prison system and expecting them then to be able to come out and then um, just enter society and be fully functioning people. Like, nobody wants to employ someone that has a conviction, yeah. you know? And, and that's that so wrong, like, do you know? And because there's so many men in there that the justice system would do well having work for them because, you know, they're, they're some of the most resourceful people in the world and... What, you, what you'll meet in it is just men. So what I've done is we don't talk about the crimes. It's not a crime podcast because I just didn't want to make trauma porn for the middle classes where they're all going, isn't that terrible now? Like fucking and, Jeremy Kyle. Do you know what I mean? So, so we don't talk about the crime that someone's committed. So it's about just listening to another human, another human's life, another human story. Well. And, and, and I, I didn't have to anonymise them. But in my view, what would happen is somebody would Google one of them straight away and they'd be fucking getting slated. And I don't have any time. I don't want to be part of that. So I was just like, no, anonymize everybody. Make sure everybody has a chance to tell their story, be who they are. And I think it's one of the most impressive uh, podcasts that will come out in terms of actually listening to people talk and give advice. Like, you're going to learn so much. You're going, like, one man uh, practices mindfulness at half nine every night while, and he teaches his granddaughter every day on his phone, a six fucking minute phone call a day. And the two of them meditate at half nine every night together as a form of connection. Like, there's so many beautiful moments in it. And nobody, when they get out, will want to see them as beautiful. And that's all they wear on that podcast. Once you give people the opportunity to be who they really are, you know, if you treat people like monsters, you create monsters. Mm, yeah. Do you know what but I mean? Like at the same time, though, I suppose, like, just to play devil's advocate, it does depend what they're in prison for. It doesn't. So, in, in certain prisons, do we? If it's ah, by hell, you saw to think him. Like, no, I'm not on about somebody going into prison for two well, years like, because they might have stolen. So I'm not on about that. It obviously is under different circumstances. No, like if, at, if 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 you're punished in the education system, the punishment is that you've been taken away from your family for that period of time. Yeah. When you leave prison, your punishment is supposed to end. Yeah. You sh- you can't be punishing people for no. The rest I don't of their think lives. it's right to people get typecast. That's what yeah. we're talking about earlier yeah. with racism or whatever. But I think obviously it's, it's that's the rehabilitation period is in prison. So when they get out, they're over that now. They've served that time. And, 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 well, I don't think prison in Ireland is yeah, rehabilitation anyway. If, if everyone is striving for safer communities, right? If everyone is striving for safer communities, whether you've literally taken a life or whether it's uh, more minor crimes, if you want some, if some, they're go- it's not America. 
So people are coming out and they're going back into society. Yeah. Yeah. So the goal is that when they come out, you need to ensure that they have done enough reflection, work, all of that, that they're welcomed back so that they never do that again. That they can become part of society yeah. properly. But if you don't, if you judge people only based on the crime that they did, yeah. what you're doing is you're saying you're not welcome in our society yeah. and you're not welcome and in And then there's society. not, why are they released And then that's then? not safe. Yeah, that's, that's ridiculous. Why yeah. would they want to engage with, with us and in life if we're rejecting them. So that's we're actually saying, part of the problem, like. With the that's conviction the thing. So people who will come out of prisons who have convictions can't get hurt. So it's like you served your sentence for that crime you committed. You've done your five years, but you're still suffering Now let them integrate back into society. Yeah, but you have that conviction, you're not getting a job. So I'm still being punished for the crime I've already done time for. Yeah. We had Brian Penny on this week, and it was brilliant. If anyone hasn't got a chance to listen to it, we'll listen to it over the weekend. But he was telling us that he was talking to Philly McMahon, who does more work with Mount Joy prisoners. And he went into the Joy to do a, a mindfulness talk, and he wanted to do an exercise with one of the prisoners. And he says, close your eyes, I want to do a breathing exercise. And the fella turned around and says, I can't close my eyes in a room full of strangers because I was molested when I was younger. Mm. And he was in there for drug offences, so possession of drugs, drug use, drug sales, whatever. Yeah. So and then, that and fella's and being punished for something that he actually had no choice in his life about. And he was abused when he was younger. So and that led that to trauma. things happening and later on. And the thing is, Calvin, right, one, of one of, one of the, in one of the uh, podcasts, right, um, we talk about rehabilitating people in prison. What are we rehabilitating, right? So if we can recognise that actually the conditions in which people lived as children is in our society we should be rehabilitating yeah, instead of focusing it on exactly. an individual, mm. you know? And, and one of the lads turned around and he said to his... And, and he, said to, he said he said to his mum, like, I've done all this work, all these courses, they've done open university, some of them have got degrees while they're in prison doing the open university and masters mm. they're moving on to. And... He turned around, he said to his ma, he says, like, I, I'm, 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 I've changed, like. And she said, no, son, you haven't changed. You are now who you always were as a boy. It was that period of time during your teenage years when a lot happened. That's when you weren't you. And it conditioned them you know? to become a certain way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll start up. Actions have reactions. <laughs> right. No, uh, sorry, just before we wrap Look it up. Look at me, yeah. There was one example you gave us about a fella who didn't want to actually come back out and reintegrate into society because yeah. it would hinder him. Oh, that was, abs- yeah, do you know what? He, he, God love him, right? So he just loves music. And even though he wants to be in society, right, he's mm. come from really, really uh, impoverished situations and a lot of addiction um, in his parents. Um, he's been in and out of institutions since he's 11. And what struck me and is so sad is if you have to go to prison to find safety, that is fucked up, right? If your, commu- like if your own life is not safe, that prison provides you safety. Where that, so there's something seriously wrong there. Like, and he turned around and he said, and you'll hear him rapping on the podcast and stuff, I, right? You actually played a clip or was you I actually did, fucking dead? Yeah, and you'll hear him brilliant. rapping on the podcast and he said that the hardest thing about leaving prison for him is, even though he wants to do good, is there's a music studio in the education centre and he'll never have access to a music studio again. So, like, he doesn't want to leave... He wants to leave prison. I don't want to give the impression he doesn't, but it's, it's sad for him because he's like, will I ever get to do what I'm doing again in terms of having a microphone and being able to record... Why would he not be allowed to do that in the real world? He wouldn't have the, the access to it and there's addiction and poverty and homelessness. He lived for a long oh, period of time. struggle to get he, jobs because of the convictions, yeah, so, struggle to like, get money for the studios. He doesn't see a world where that's possible for him. 
And the fact that prison provides that possibility, it's, there's something seriously wrong with our country. If he that's feels against, more comfortable like, in that environment, probably because there's a setup for him where he doesn't feel that way in the real world. He, he wouldn't be able to afford to rent a studio. Like, you know, he wouldn't, yeah. be able, he wouldn't have the money to. Yeah, so that's it. Yeah. So he, in a way, in a roundabout way, he's a bit institutionalised. Yeah. You know what's better yeah. for me in here than it is out there? Yeah. So the talk coming Which out actually scares him. Yeah, like there's one young lad that has learned the piano. He never knew anyone that learned, that played an instrument in his life. And I, like I turned around and I said, there's a piano behind you. Like, will you play it for me? And he was a bit like shy and nervous. And he's like, oh, I don't know. I said, just a few bars. Will you play it for me? And he turned around and he just started playing the piano. And like he had never, ever encountered an instrument before. Mm. And can you imagine the money that we spend, 90 odd thousand a year on every single prisoner in the prison system. Imagine investing at that in them kids when they were five, six, seven and eight exactly. before the prison system even existed, like, you know? Well, Brilliant. That's to do with the school curriculum and stuff like that, isn't it, Dan? And poverty and... And what class, people are taught yeah. and, like, the areas people grow up yeah. in and what's, what's available and accessible yeah. to them. Yeah. Do you understand what I mean? Yeah. So it's a cycle. Yeah, so as I said, Lynn's out here fighting the good fight. If anyone doesn't follow Lynn, go on and follow her Instagram, Twitter. She's fucking brilliant. And when she stings them in there, it's brilliant because they don't know what to say. And as I said, she scares the bollocks out of me, so imagine what she's like to them. And if you don't follow me, follow me as well. <laughs> so for politics, follow Lynn. For BBLs, follow Yui. <laughs> right, we're going to cut the break to let us all go to the bar, go to the toilet. Wait, before we let us go. Please welcome back to the stage the hosts of Talking Bollocks, Terence Power and Calvin O'Brien! Welcome back to the stage, Lim Luan and Yui Munn. He forgot to come out. Hook is that toy, didn't you? <laughs> oh, stop. One of the most hydrated fellas in this bleeding place. I'd have to have seven bottles of water. Oh, my Yeah, we fell flirting the gaff down. No, I didn't. Right, ready? So Last guess. Somebody just shouted, get him off you. Yeah. Don't threaten me with a good time. It sounded female. I'll do the full Monty for you. It right, sounded female, so I've really guest for you. Yeah, we had a chance. have to go home. What? Some of us have to go home. Can we get this show on the road, Luke? Someone put him on you. Put a muzzle on him. Come home with me, so don't worry. Hey, send it to the gill leg. Right. <laughs> right, here we go. Making his talking bollocks debut. Our final guest of tonight. Please put your hands together for Mr. Al Foran. Yay! <laughs> Guys, oh, I feel really segregated right now. I'm... Why am I pushed in the corner? You're <laughs> in the bowl corner. It's like years ago when it was like just gay or travellers. Like, sit over there, you. <laughs> 
<laughs> Sit in the corner, you fucking. Just lie down and relax, you will ya? It's Al's turn. Tuck her in. He's got the whole couch to himself. Ain't he moved one of your French girls, what? <laughs> all right, Leo. Right. Al, what's the crack? I'm all good, lads. I'm fucking delighted to be here with you two. I'm so happy for you. I mean, this is just unbelievable. All in the span of a year, and this is where he's are now. And uh, you know, honestly, the the the, the sky is the limit for his lads. And I'm, you know, we're all everyone here is so fucking proud of you. We're all yeah. proud of you. So fair play. We'll give you that 50 quid after all, yeah? <laughs> so how's things anyways, Al? What's up with you? Yeah, all good, all good. I mean, listen, I'm, I'm very, very proud now to be a part of the Go Loud family. Um, I have a podcast. Plug <laughs> her off the bat. <laughs> I have my own podcast. Yeah, uh, don't knock the hustle. Football-based podcast, Goldmouth Al Forens Football Forum, every Tuesday. So I'm delighted, to, you know... It's, uh, it's an honour to be sharing the same th th on the fifth floor with these boys and yeah. Baron Conway. Why is everyone on the couch has got co podcasts that go loud apart from me? Like, <laughs> talking Ask yourself that Huey. question, Huey. When's that, yeah. when's that coming? You answered your own question. When's, when's... <laughs> you nearly had to get nose cancelled. You'll be cancelled in a week. <laughs> <laughs> you shut your mouth, you. <laughs> so, come here. Take it, I'm You've been on... about it. You've been on some of the biggest shows in the world, yeah? You've been on Ardy Lawani a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. And now you're on Talking Bollocks. Uh, gee, uh, Take the best of last one. <laughs> Mad how life can dip, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> you fucked up there. Uh, no, listen, I was looking forward to this more than going on Ariel. Don't tell Ariel that. <laughs> Fuck Ariel Lawani, yeah? yeah? Fuck the Diaz brothers as well. <laughs> <laughs> now, Al, you reached out to us a while ago, wasn't it? About the end of last year, and you were like, we should, did. We should link up, we should do a podcast. We're like, yeah, no, definitely, we get around to it. And then when this came on, I was like, right, Terrence, boom, guess one is lined up anyways. Bang. Andy went there, Andy W by the boys there. Because I have a mad question for you, yeah? Yeah. Like, how do you wake up one morning and know that you can turn into Robert De Niro? <laughs> <laughs> how does that happen? Like, you do a feedback level five in impressions or something. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, it, it just comes naturally to you, I mean... No, but how did you force find out, can you remember? Oh, yeah, of course I can, I mean... Uh, well, well, no, yeah, house, house parties, yeah. House parties, definitely. <laughs> teachers, I used to do teachers. I remember, actually, it's a great story. About ten years ago when I started doing the impressions, Jedward were around, and I remember... Sorry to hell. I remember my school... <laughs> it was 2010 and Jedward were the biggest thing going. And I remember on my school intercom, uh, the school chaplain at the time, Sister Jair, she said, Al, why don't you, you know, she, she actually, yeah, she said, yeah, she That's said, Jair Sister Jair, shout out to Sister Geraldine. And she said, why don't you go on the intercom and pretend you're Jedward to everyone in the school? And we fucking, and, and I did, I, said, I went on, well, I was John, I was Edward, and I spoke like that on the intercom. And, we just had an incredible time on X Factor. Oh my God, absolutely amazing. Wow, so great to be in Port Martin Community School. And, and a great day, I'm walking through the fucking halls and there's Jedward around the intercom earlier on, wasn't it unbelievable? You know, so it, start, it started off with that. I mean, I, I did, 
I did my first gig three months before me leaving, so I didn't give a fuck. Like, I just, yeah. you know, I didn't. Don't knock the hustle, didn't I? No, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Do you know what I mean? You're doing impressions. We're pretending that we know what we're doing up here as well. But, so like, but you say, you, you like, asked me how it started. Of course, it started off with family members. That's how it always starts. You, you impersonate aunties and uncles and all that, you know, and you pick up on their little mannerisms. The most official one was Jedward. And no, <laughs> yeah, first official one was probably Jedward. But, um, yeah, like, I remember... My, my parents got married when I was 10, and I got up at the top table and I impersonated everyone at the top table. Mm. You know? That was natural to you then, yeah? Yeah, too much television as well. Oh, come I didn't have a telly grown up. Pity <laughs> <laughs> me. Terence doing impressions of a wall. <laughs> <laughs> of static, Lynn, static. <laughs> you had a telly now channels. But come here, you said there's a way, you, you don't just go, oh, I'll do him, boom. You actually, there's a science behind it. Because I, I was saying to you, do him, and you're like, oh, actually, that's very hard to do. And I was like, what do you mean? Like, there's well, a science behind it. Well, I mean, no, like, you have to learn, obviously you have to learn the voice, so you'd be watching tons of YouTube interviews with characters. And some characters can take... That's called stalking. <laughs> yeah, it is, Huey. I'm fucked, Huey. Career over, there's done. There's a crime against that, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> You just watch the YouTube interviews, um, and some can take, some can take two weeks. Some can take. I feel really on par of everything. I feel like I'm shoved in a corner. A few. We'll get there. Now we'll get around to it. We'll, we'll get around to it. Relax, relax, relax. <laughs> he can do me in whatever way he wants. <laughs> you go, pal. <laughs> and I've got a big couch just waiting for you. <laughs> well, no, listen, so, some can take a day, some can take weeks. Like, when, when you start doing the impression, yeah, the voice comes naturally. But also, it's not a step-by-step -step process. You learn the mannerisms naturally as well. Mm. So that just comes with it. You know, so... But they were at the end, relax. I don't know, I, know, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know, Robert, I don't know what you're talking about. It's all in the script. I'm <laughs> no, Huey, it's not in the script because I'm doing you right now. <laughs> I've only known the fucker 50 minutes. I've only known him three hours. He's great. Getting very comfortable in that fucking couch over there. <laughs> Can I... Stop is right there. Calvin does it better, Huey. Go oh, on, Calvin. There's only... So I got lipo. <laughs> I got a put in my bum. I got my teeth and my hair done. I, that, doesn't, that doesn't even sound like you're from Ireland. Like, the best way to impersonate me would probably bend over in Terence's face. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not fussy, Huey. Right, we get this back on bleeding crack anyway, so we relax yourself. Get it back say. on crack. Al, you have a few stories to tell us, right? You have a big one about Mike Tyson you wanted to tell us. Yeah, um, it was about four years ago, and he, he did a show on the Helix. And um, I remember I, I, I went there, and I was doing a little bit before him, so I was doing my usual spiel with uh, the MC, Connor Phillips, for about 25 to 30 minutes. So I arrived fairly early, and um, we were in the the dressing room and we were told to go to whatever dressing room and there was fucking, you know, M&M's and crisps and there was a bar there oh, and everything. M&M's? So did I! No. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> I 
all the snacks and all, yeah, that'd be something. Eminem and the Helix one before my Tyson. Eminem is a But um, I arrived there and I brought me, my cousin along. He was a massive boxing fan, massive Mike Tyson fan. And we were there for a good two hours and he was munching on everything, do you know what I mean? He was having the, everything behind the bar and, you know, and it was a really neat setup and all. And um, one of the, the promoters walks in and he goes, what are you fucking doing? What are you doing? And the promoter walks in, five seconds later, this row of security guards walk in and like create this guard of honor and in walks himself. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> And uh, st- I mean, he gave us both, you know, that kind of death stare he gave to his opponents when he was walking to the ring in the 90s and the late 80s. He gave that to me and my cousin, and we were shitting ourselves. <laughs> Fuck. And, uh, but later on in the, in the evening, I went on after that, and it was a great show. And uh, Connor, the MC, asked him, he goes, There was a young man, Al Foran, doing an impression of you. He goes, Yeah, I heard him doing the press of my <laughs> I seen him, but his friend ate all his friend ate all the snacks. <laughs> so it was, I mean, it was a once in a lifetime experience with him walking in the room, and it's kind of, yeah, we were shit ourselves. We were fucking. <laughs> you get yourself in some situations, don't you? Yeah, yeah. yeah it was, you had another run in with the Furies, Tyson and John on the plane. Oh, stop! <laughs> oh, Jesus! I mean. The smallest little plane from Glasgow to... No, sorry, from London to Glasgow. And, and John Fury on the plane. Like, there was, there was a plate of sandwiches, lovely little sandwiches. And as soon as we were taken off, I mean, he was talking about... You know, he was saying, we're, we're going down, that's it. We're done. <laughs> we're absolutely done. Is John Fury I, the dad? Yes, yeah, he yeah. is. He is, Huey. Justin, try to keep up to speed. <laughs> But John Fury <laughs> grabs the sandwiches and throws them in the fucking ground when her. we're taking off. And he's hanging on like that. Oh, fucking. I don't we're like, he's even like Buddy Holly. That's what he said. We're going. <laughs> he started referencing Buddy Holly and all. He said, we're, we're going down. And like, this is, this is the, the, like, the toughest man I've ever met. And he's there on the plane and he's like, oh, he'll kill me for this, you know? But he's hanging on to Tyson. He's like, oh, I don't know how we're going to do this, son. How are we doing this? Yeah, that reality. sounds like Terence coming back from Liverpool. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, tiny, and I'm a big enough fella, but those lads are huge. So you're talking, like, it's a little, it's a tin pot little plane we're in from London to Glasgow. And it's fucking, oh, my, like, he was fine. He was fine when we were landing, but taking off, it was just, oh, my God. <laughs> And the way he crushed the sandwiches, he just, I was bleeding devastated, I was. <laughs> I hadn't had any breakfast or anything, you know. <laughs> this, this was like a private service that do, that do all of these little domestic, you know, private jets around the UK. And they had all these lovely little gourmet sandwiches, like, Jesus. Not your average ham and cheese or your turkey sandwiches or anything like that. So, no, it was. I mean, it, it was an experience. And we all, we just couldn't stop laughing. Mm. We just, I, we were laughing for the whole fucking day. Laughing with And the, the promoter, Spencer, as well. Yeah. He was a nervous wreck. But he, he, he hid, the, he hid his nervous, 
is nervousness true laughter. Yeah, because you were laughing throughout the whole fucking thing. You were basically touring up and down the UK with the Furies, weren't you? Yeah, yeah, we did six shows. We did Manchester, we did Birmingham, Cardiff, Leicester, London, and finished it off in Glasgow. Madness. It was a great experience, it was. It was, it was great fun, you know. Yeah, you had an encounter with Gary Neville as well. Oh. How good was that? Uh, yeah, he wasn't a fan of the impression, no. He <laughs> 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 gave me the side eye. I mean, listen, I did the impression right in front of him, hotel football. <laughs> And he was there chomping on his lovely, his, his nice fillet steak, fantastic. Right, and he just gave me the side eye like this. <laughs> I got back to it. But uh, no, that, that was an experience. I was in front of the class in 92. Like, I'm very, listen, I'm very fortunate I can, I can do these things. And, you know, it's all, like, it's all part, like, people in here and support. It's just amazing that I, I can do that those gigs. Like, I performed in front of my heroes. I watched those fellas growing up. You know, I've Paul Scholes coming up to me at the end saying how good my Tyson Fury was, and I'm like, oh, I idolised you. I tried to spray the ball across the pitch every time. I get it one in ten times, but I do it, you know. It was just, you know, very fortunate. Who's the most famous person you have on me? Famous? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Terence Power. Terence Power, 100%. Um, I'd say Floyd Mayweather was that, that was quite an experience Did you do an impression of Fuck the Mayweather Fuck the Mayweather yeah. That was Hunt got there before me Because It was obviously You're dead light off Don't be flirting It was a couple of months out from the The fight with McGregor and I was asked to, to go up on stage an hour before. It was, I had an hour to prepare and go up on stage and just do a few fucking impressions for him. And I was shitting myself. I was so scared. Because uh, he, he, he did this show in Birmingham and he brought 30 security guards with him. He has an entourage of about 30 security guards. Jill's head. That was... That, yeah. <laughs> but that's, that was, that's not for his protection. That's for someone else's protection. They get smart and he hits them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that, that was it. And I just remember going up and it went well and he enjoyed it. You know, he enjoyed the Mike Tyson. That was one he particularly enjoyed. I know, I know we're going back to him in person, but I said Floyd, you know, I spoke to him. You know, that was one. I, I, listen, I don't want to waste the impressions, no, you know what I mean? Because we have a little... But does it actually a little secret? You said Garney Neville. Garney Neville and Roy Keane actually sat on them sofas because Goal allowed use them for off the ball. Mm. Now, here's Go. Yeah, well, <laughs> <laughs> Are you not listening? Every day is still late. Well, you know, Kelvin, that's their job, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> right, Al, we'll do a quick fire with you, yeah? Yeah, of course. Right, ready? <laughs> right, here we go. Trump. You know, it's tremendous to be in this wonderful <laughs> grand. A pleasure to meet you, Senator. I'm a very big fan. Huey, <laughs> wonderful fan of you. These guys, what they're doing is really great. <laughs> now, I'm very upset they haven't asked me to come on. I've, I've wanted to come on for a very long time. <laughs> I wasn't going to do it. We weren't going to do it in Marconi. We were going to do it in Dunbeg. That's why they declined, you know? So. 
And the other guy, the other guy, oh my God, I mean, he's doing a bad job at the moment, isn't he? <laughs> Number 46, let's not talk about him. I mean, he's really bad. Tyson Fury. 100%, fantastic to be here. <laughs> the lads, they are the true boxing fans, each and every one of them. See that Dosser Dillian White? See him, not showing up at the press conference. What a Dosser. I'm going to beat him. He's getting eight million pounds for that. Right? And I know, I know, I know you're going to go to Liverpool. I'll do his dad as well. <laughs> Any of the political bastards that want to watch... Don't, don't you dare talk over me! <laughs> I'm saying any of the political bastards want to talk about my son like that. He's so a so true fighting man. Don't dare. Katie Taylor. Oh, hang on a second. I'm doing Tommy as well. Right, great to be here. <laughs> Katie Taylor. Katie Taylor. How's it going from Brave? My name's Katie Taylor. I just want to thank God. I want to thank Brave. Very impressive. Gold medal. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah, I mean, absolutely incredible to be here. It's just... Um, you know, I'm a big fan of the podcast and everything the lads have done. It's just absolutely amazing. And, you know, and, and may God be with them. It's just absolutely incredible. And, and I'm going to, you know... I, is this recorded? Can we edit this part out? I, <laughs> I think I'm going to knock that bitch Amanda Sarzorano out. Yes! Yes! Mark Wahlberg. Mark we're Wahlberg. Do, hey, hey, all right, patience. We're doing, we're doing, we're doing Mark Wahlberg, all right? What are you talking about? You've got to be really patient, okay? you got to listen to what Calvin's saying. That's what he's doing. <laughs> Heard you, you, who wanted Arnold Schwarzenegger? You want Arnold Schwarzenegger? Get down, get to the chopper, get out! <laughs> <laughs> we go back to the boxers, Chris Eubank. Yes. <laughs> you see, you see that's, that's wonderful, that's all I have to say. <laughs> and it really, it really is a pleasure to be here in, in the Emerald Isle. The, the Isle Full of Warriors, yes? <laughs> I came here and uh, S- Steve Collins kicked my ass twice. <laughs> yeah! Go on, Roddy Collins. <laughs> uh, Morgan Freeman. Joe Pesky! Rocky! Oh, I... I... Relax, relax. Then we get Hang on. We'll walk through them. I've a whole fucking list of them out. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, I know. I... Not yours, love. Yeah! <laughs> I'm only messing up, relax. Outside with a gum shield in. (laughs) But anyways, we get back to it, yeah? Morgan Freeman, Al, when you're ready. Well, I have to say, she's a very peaceful lady over there. (laughs) As you give Andy Dufresne a run for his money, let me tell you that. That's fine. Who else? Oh, you want a Joe Pesci? I mean, what the fuck? You, you, you. 
I know, listen, listen. You, you gotta learn, your patience is a fucking virtue. You know what I mean when you're talking? I'm up here, I'm fucking talking to two guys and all. I'm getting fucking direction from here. Everybody's fucking doing that. Calvin's the one who's giving me the instructions. What the fuck am I supposed to do? What the fuck? I don't get it, Lynn. What the fuck am I supposed to do? I don't get it. What the fuck are you looking at, Huey? What the fuck is that? <laughs> Right, we move into the footballers. Uh, Roy Kane. You know, listen, you know, good to be on the podcast. The lads are great, aren't they? Eamon <laughs> Dunphy. Well, listen, never happy, no. Eamon <laughs> Dunphy. Uh, now, these guys, <laughs> and, you know, they're really great. Their podcast is absolutely phenomenal. Uh, you know, and I can tell you one thing, you know, you know, the name of the podcast is Talking Bollocks, but you guys, you talk a lot of sense. <laughs> now, and that's the truth. Right, Jamie Carragher. You know, well, listen, I know Terence is a very big Liverpool fan. <laughs> and and I, know, I, know, I know his tweets do, do Alphonse fucking head in every week, and Calvin's too. But, you know, he's passionate. You know what I mean? Right, and Al, me and you actually had a talk last week about this because I've said this to you months ago when you agreed to come on to the show. So this was the big one, and he said it's probably the most difficult impression you've ever had to do. Oh. And it was Terence Bauer. You have a job on your hands, yeah? Lee. <laughs> 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 Listen, bro, you can't knock the hustle, you know what I mean? That's it, bro, you know, we don't fuck It's the hardest fucking impression I've ever done, I swear to God, bro. <laughs> You're so fucking hard to impersonate. <laughs> I swear to God. I... No, don't... There's only... Yeah, yeah. That's... It's fate. It's only one turn, it's power, it's faith. Boys, yeah, that must be some helva. <laughs> That's a good stock, boys. Give us a belt. Al, why is he, why is he so hard to do? Uh, <laughs> is that your mum? I don't know. It's like he has different pitches in his voice. It kind of goes high and then it goes low. Yeah. It's just... It's, Hello, it's, oh, me, turn it to yeah. you listening. No, it is her. It is. It, and that's truth, it's fate. There's only one Terence Power, do you know what I mean? Nice <laughs> man, the boys. Yeah, listen, don't you bleed and start, you know what I mean? <laughs> my man, my man, what's up? You had a few run-ins with him, Al. You had a few run-ins with him. Yeah, ah, yeah. 
Sorry about her. <laughs> Only mess and love. Relax. Ah, yeah. Ah, oh, no, listen. You know, it's all been friendly banter, you know. He, he does think my impression is shit and he always will think it's yeah. shit. <laughs> he calls you, uh, what did he call you? Fat Al from Tala. Fat Al from Tala. And you're from Port Marnock. I'm from Port Marnock, yeah. But come here, you want to have a conversation with Lynn about something? Yeah, I actually want to have a conversation with... Here we I... fucking go. So, tarnished it. Exxon Taoiseach. I've always imagined what it would be like for Leo Varadkar to finally give a speech where he apologises to the working class. For hating poor people. Leo, do you hate poor people? Answer wisely. I mean, I've I've, I've embodying the character here and I have to say, um, I mean, you're, you're really putting me on the spot here. I mean, <laughs> I, yes, yes, absolutely, yes, yes, yes. No, I mean, I, 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 listen, I don't want to straighten her with anybody. I don't want to, I don't want to have it. Um, Nobody, you know, nobody claimed me like they would after school. I, yes, I do. Absolutely apologise and 100%. Yes, yes. Ah, <laughs> 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 oh, you're a legend. Honestly, that was fucking brilliant, mate. Thanks for being here. Thanks for coming on. Honestly, mate. Honestly, lads. Right, I don't know if I'm going to regret this. Right. I don't know if I'm going to regret this, but have you got a Q&A section going or like what? Yeah, you got mic, yeah. Get the mic out there. Right. Anyone any questions? Who asked the questions? Right, hang on, relax, relax. Yeah. Eddie Pills. This what this what Terence, yeah. Walk away. How's the apprenticeship going? Good, mate. Good. Jeez, that was very serious. Fucking hell. Drop up and I laser up, mate. Yeah. I will, I'll give you a skin fade, take your hair off of it. What's happening? Who's calling me? One of the powers has a question. This could I be interesting. If that's one of my relations, don't give them the mic. <laughs> Terence, where are we going after this? 22. Yuppie! And then the Maldron Gav, yeah? There you go. <laughs> we, have one here. we have one here as well. What's your problem with Ballymun? What you say? Sorry, love. What's your problem with Ballymun? What's your problem with Ballymun? We love Ballymun. We've got Ballymun on something right there. We've had more Ballymuners on our podcast than anywhere else. Hey, me and you well showed, mate, yeah? Right, we do another one there, Andy. What's a real number for the Maldron? Round 44, love. They're getting brought back to Gaffin, is it? One here. It'd be on my shoulder, love. Calvin, what's the story with the socks? The happy socks. They're the jokes. Ready. 
Not a question. Lads, these are legends. Yeah. Luan, you're a legend as Thank well. Thank you very much, love. Yeah. Calvin, your socks are lovely. Yeah. Thank you. Right, wrap her up, please, yeah? Right. Right, we'll wrap her up anyway. So this was our first live show. We hope you've enjoyed it. It was a pleasure. But before we go... Now, wait, 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 wait. What do you mean, Paul? Before we go, before we go, we want to say a big thanks to Liberty Hall for having us. You don't understand how hard it is to get a show put on, so thanks to Liberty Hall. Thanks to Goal Elba putting her on. It was a big, big week of work. Thanks to the guests, Al Ford and Lynn Rowan and Yui Martin. And thanks to every single one of you's legends. Legends! We're all going back to 20 tills. Oh, God.